Hello, I'm M3, and this is my opinion for April 4th, 2018. Well, we've made it. Five days out from the biggest show of WWE's year, WrestleMania. Just had one little hurdle to get through before getting to the show of shows, getting to WWE's biggest weekend of their year, and that was SmackDown Live last night, which had some moments where it continued to build up tension, build up drama, build up anticipation for some of their matches coming up on Sunday, but also had your moments where, just like Raw, it was essentially just time-killing, space-filling matches or situations. SmackDown kicked off last night with... uh, Daniel Bryan coming out and welcoming back SmackDown Live commissioner Shane McMahon, where they seemingly hashed out their differences over the last couple months and put to bed the drama between uh, the two of them. Because ever since Shane and Team SmackDown invaded Monday Night Raw there's, uh, back in November, there seems to be... Uh, an ongoing tension between Sh- uh, Shane and Daniel where Shane, uh, Daniel thought Shane was uh, abusing his power and uh, not filling him in on stuff. And then there were times where uh, Shane thought Daniel was too favorable toward certain superstars, such in the case of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So they hashed uh, things out while seemingly bringing up the old Daniel Bryan Kane storyline where remember when Daniel Bryan went uh, to anger management and uh, his uh, psychiatrist uh, said for him and Kane to hug it out so that's uh, what him and Shane seemed doing no it it was interesting no finally they put to bed that uh, storyline the problems between the two of them because it was never seemingly heading anywhere although I can't get help but get this thought out of my mind that could one of them actually turn on the other on Sunday and help out uh, Zane and Owens uh, allow them to win the match and get their jobs back I mean it they're not going to turn Daniel Bryan heel, but it would feel like a total waste the last seven months if all of a sudden Shane McMahon made an about face and helped out Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, especially after what Kevin Owens did to his father late last year. So, because you know, somehow, some way, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to be back on WWE programming. It's not just going to be like how it was last night where. No, they're in the middle of the second hour of the show. You got the camera on the commentary table uh, ready to uh, promote uh, a match for a WrestleMania. And Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens come out of nowhere from the crowd, grab microphones, and are standing on top of uh, the announce table. Actually going as far as you know, mocking Daniel Bryan's return, uh, bringing up his wife and daughter in the process before uh, Shane and and uh, Daniel eventually sent security out and then uh, turned their microphones off. 
though they did uh, confront them as they were uh, leaving the crowds uh, singing na 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 na. But what I th- think will happen is if there isn't not some kind of heel turn by either Shane or Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, that they'll defeat Kevin and Sammy, and the next night they'll just be hired by Monday Night Raw, whether it's Kurt Angle doing it or Stephanie uh, goes over Kurt's head and brings uh, Sammy and Kevin into Raw just uh, to uh, infuriate her brother. For the second time this month, uh, Charlotte and Natalia faced off on SmackDown with uh, Charlotte looking for revenge due to the fact that Natalia beat her last month, although be it to uh, some distractions from uh, Miss Money in the Bank, Carmella, she wanted to get get revenge and uh, show how much of a fighting champion she is leading into WrestleMania, uh, not backing down from any matches, any challenges. And uh, the commentary for this match with uh, Tom Phillips, Byron Saxon, and Corey Graves really did a great job of putting over now how, uh, you know, Charlotte wanted to be such a fighting champion, but question whether it was wise for her to take such a, a physical match leading up to WrestleMania and due to the fact that she had was going to have a second match later that night in the Mixed Match Challenge team with Bobby Roode against The Miz and Asuka. And you know, there, there were several times uh, throughout the match where uh, Natalia... Seemed to get the upper hand. Uh, Natalia uh, looked like she was going to cheat her way to uh, victory. But just just when uh, Charlotte started to get the upper hand, actually hit Natalia with the tried to hit the moonsault from the top rope, but missed. Both women down. Carmella tries is once again to cash in her money in the bank, uh, seeing Charlotte in a in a prone state. But she was able to once again stop Carmella's cash in by kicking the briefcase out of her hand, and even uh, so, uh, avoided uh, uh, Natalia stealing the victory from her again, just to be able to lock her into the figure eight and uh, force her to tap out. Once again, uh, showing she's uh, the top woman wrestler on SmackDown Live, and once again, outsmarting Carmella from trying to cash it in. And it seems like every uh, every week the last uh, month or so, Carmella's uh, been trying to do this, trying some way or another to uh, cash in, try and uh, get uh, the uh, SmackDown Women's title from uh, Charlotte, whether it was when she was getting beat down, uh, back in February by the Riot Squad, or now in the past month, both times she's faced Natalia, and now just brings the question: What is she ever going to be able to cash in this money in the Frank briefcase? Could she really pull a Seth Rollins and come out during the highly anticipated match between 
between uh, Charlotte and uh, Asuka to uh, try and steal away the SmackDown Women's Championship. And I, I have my doubts that they would actually allow Asuka's undefeated streak to end that kind of way by you know, not losing the match with, uh, with someone who wasn't originally part of it interfering and cashing in a money in the bank briefcase. What, what I've thought all along is maybe could uh, Carmella try and do the weasel way of cashing in money in the bank by uh, sneaking into the Raw women's title match. And they've, they've never said that, oh, this briefcase is exclusive to uh, SmackDown. They've, they've just said you can't, the woman could cash in at any time to receive a shot at the women's championship. So, hey, maybe that could happen. Maybe that's a way she goes about it to try and cash in the briefcase. We're going to have to see because she's got three months left to cash in. And if what I believe is going to happen does happen on WrestleMania and that's Asuka's undefeated streak uh, remains intact and she wins the SmackDown women's title, Carmella's going to have a difficult time of ever being able to cash that title in on on SmackDown Live and taking um, the championship away from Asuka, who's... 266 and 0 since uh, debuting back in October of 2015. So we're just gonna have to wait and watch on that. But as Charlotte was celebrating the victory over Natalia, uh, once again flirting uh, Carmella's plan of cashing in, Asuka appeared on SmackDown. And, you know, you knew there was the chance of this happening anyway because Oscar was going to be there later that night for the mixed match challenge tag team matchup. But it was, you no know, a good way to fu- uh, finish the build up toward their match with Oscar confronting her. Uh, she tried to pull her "no one's ready for Oscar" catchphrase, but uh, uh, Charlotte was able to. Uh, block her from saying it and even uh, asked her if she if she is ready to uh, face the queen so that it's been a good a respectful rivalry there but you, it almost like what it is with the uh, WWE title match coming up on Sunday while both uh, competitors uh, are showing each other respect they're also showing that they're not backing down from the other <laughs> We're talking about uh, filling up time, filling up space on these programs over the last couple days here in the final week before WrestleMania. Well, that's exactly what that eight-man tag match on SmackDown last night was designed for. When you had Ty Dillinger teaming with Zack Ryder and Breeze Dango to go against Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, Mojo Rawley, and Primo in an eight-man tag team matchup. First of all, Primo hasn't been on TV in months. I I don't think we've seen him since last summer. The, 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 the Him and his cousin Epico debuted after the Superstar shakeup last year, and we haven't seen much of either one of them. I don't know if one of them's out injured or, or whatnot, but now all of a sudden because you got the Andre the Giant Battle Royal coming up on Sunday, they they uh, 
put him out there to fill up this eight-man tag match. They put this eight-man tag match together to promote a match that's going to be on the kickoff show that I think has lost a little bit of its luster with the fans because there's not a lot of big names from either brand going to be in it. I mean, you got from SmackDown, you've got Ziggler, Corbin. You've uh, got uh, from Raw, Matt Hardy, a um, couple of other uh, relevant guys. But it, it's mostly a match designed to make sure everybody is part of uh, WrestleMania. It's almost lost its true significance due to the fact that they've put it on the pre-show. And this eight-man tag match, it, it just featured a lot of times, especially after the commercial break uh, in the middle of the match, in which both teams kept throwing uh, members of the opposition over the top rope. And it felt like just a way to you know, put over Baron Corbin and make him look strong in heading into WrestleMania. Because when, when you, you look at this match in whole, yeah, Breezango had that you know, tag team feud with uh, the Usos in the middle of last year, but they haven't received any form of a strong push. They, the only guys in this match that have featured uh, some sort of strong push over the last year have been Ziggler and uh, Baron Corbin, whether it be Ziggler and his heel turn last year, then uh, coming back after missing some time in the summer and doing the whole... Uh, gimmick infringement uh, thing to then drop in the U.S. title act like he walked out only to return at the Rumble and getting a title a WWE title shot at Fastlane or with uh, Corbin how he had won money in the bank only to lose it days before SummerSlam just to win the U.S. title then in the, the middle of the fall so that's all this match was it was really a time-filling uh, situation because they didn't have much else going on. I would have rather them done something else to build up the tag team title match coming up on uh, Sunday between the New Day, the Usos, and the Bludgeon Brothers. All they really had for that match last night, you had the uh, New Day backstage uh, doing kind of a goofy, gimmicky uh, thing uh, to promote oh, ha all the ways you can watch the WWE Network, whether you can watch it on your smartphone, your iPod, iPad, uh, any video game system, can download it on your TV, and to all the easy ways that you to access it and the instructions how to do it, only for then the Usos to come up and confront them, and both teams talking trash, and then being uh, uh, somewhat frightened by uh, the Bludgeon Brothers coming up and taking their mallets and uh, smashing uh, the cameras uh, that were on the ground in front of them. Other than that, there, there was no no final, final build. It, it would have been better if you had the Bludgeon Brothers come out and squash some tag team and then both uh, New Day and Usos come out and chase them from the ring or show that you know neither one of them are scared of the Bludgeon Brothers rather than waste time on this eight-man tag match that you did to try and make us think that any of these uh, eight guys outside of Corbin or Ziggler are legitimately over as top guys on the brand.
We saw a rarity last night with a heel versus heel match on SmackDown Live with it being Jinder Mahal versus Rusev. Now, I know Rusev is very much over with the crowd with this whole Rusev Day thing and the fact that he's got Aiden English following him around singing his praises. Uh, but uh, other, other than that, he, he doesn't come off as a guy who plays up to the crowd. He's still, you know, at every chance he gets will uh, knock the crowd every once in a while. So will Aiden English. They played a little bit off of that with having... Uh, uh, the Singh brother, uh, Sunil Singh, come out and uh, um, mock uh, Aiden English at first with doing his own singing to uh, uh, bring out Jinder Mahal for this match. Jinder Mahal probably looking for retribution after the fact that he invited Rusev to be his tag partner last week, only to then... Uh, use that victory as a way to get himself added to uh, this uh, U.S. championship match at WrestleMania, which to to me is all one of one of the underrated sneaky matches of WrestleMania match that could legitimately steal the show. Just like I was saying yesterday with the Intercontinental Title match from Raw, that they've done a great job with building. Uh, up this match uh, ever since uh, Rude had become the United States champion uh, originally back in January he was he started doing the open challenge uh, Randy Orton uh, then became the first to answer it and eventually when he got his uh, U.S. championship match he uh, uh, won the title to become a Grand Slam champion at Fastlane. All the while, Mahal had been trying to be an instigator between the two of them, trying to get them so uh, wrapped up in uh, trying to one-up each other uh, that he could sneak in and steal the U.S. title, only for his plans to get foiled based on uh, getting... Uh, a favor from Rusev to be his tag partner, and he using that as a way to get himself into the United States ch- Championship match at WrestleMania. So, you know, Mahal uh, well, trying to get revenge here duh, between Rusev. It, it was an okay match. Um, to me, this was a better use of time on SmackDown. Uh, last night than that eight-man tag match was because this was actually building toward a match that I think the fans care about. I think the fans are, are looking forward to seeing what these four guys can do at WrestleMania with Randy's first defense of the U.S. title. Bobby Roode trying to regain the United States Championship match. Jinder Mahal, the fact that he's got victories over each Orton and Roode uh, in uh, recent weeks and months to uh, make himself a legitimate contender in this. And then you got Rusev, who all the while I thought that he was just going to be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. He finds his way into this match and is a a, a legitimate dark horse as the guy that snuck into this entire feud at the last second. Now, he uh, was... uh, Able to pull off a clean victory over Mahal last uh, night after 
delivering his Rusev kick uh, to get the clean uh, victory. But then, once again, out of nowhere, and, and I still don't know how, how he pulls this off, whether he's coming out of the ring, he just comes sprinting out of the crowd, but out of nowhere, Randy Orton comes running into the, the back half of the ring and hits uh, Rusev uh, with an RKO out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, so he um, just the reaction from the crowd every single time he he does this, or well, no matter where he comes from, it is just insane. Now, uh, Aiden English attacked him, but and he he looked like he was gonna get the upper hand on Orton. That was until Rude came off of commentary and uh pushed Aiden English off the top rope into an RKO in midair. I mean. I don't know why anyone would agree ever to jump off the top rope into an RKL. I remember, remember back during the authority days after Orton had left the authority and Seth Rollins had J&J security. The, and Joey Mercury used to always jump off the top rope um, like he was going to attack Randy Orton head first and leap right into an RKL. I thought one of these days that Mercury was going to get killed by doing that. And and last night, Aiden English took one hell of a bump with his RKO off uh, the top rope after Rude pushed him off. Now, pretty good segment that it put over almost everybody except for Mahal strongly because he lost the match. Put uh, over Rusev with getting another strong victory. Now, you go back to Fastlane, his his great matches against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles even coming. No, he came away with losses in that. I don't think it knocked any momentum from to them winning the tag match last uh, week. And now with the victory over Mahal this week, Rusev's going into uh, WrestleMania with some serious momentum on his side. I don't think it was knocked in any way by Orton coming in and hitting the RKO on him out of nowhere. You put over Orton Strong as well, hold uh, with uh, two RKOs over Ru- Rusev and on Aiden English, and then you also put over Rude uh, and his desire to get back the U.S. title when he came in the ring was staring Orton down and had the title in his hand, only to hand it back to Orton. Now showing the respect there, but as well showing that hey, you got what I want, and I'm coming for it this Sunday. The match that I've been looking forward to the most at WrestleMania, it's a match that fans have been looking forward to since the day both of these men debuted uh, in WWE is AJ Styles defending the WWE Championship against Royal Rumble winner Shinsuke Nakamura. We'll remember how lit the crowd was in Philadelphia that night when Nakamura uh, first won the Royal Rumble and announced that he was going to face AJ at WrestleMania. And, you know, they, they had AJ leap through some hurdles along the way, whether it be all the the men that kept getting added to the main event of Fastlane 
and uh, with the constant taunting by uh, Shinsuke Nakamura over the weeks leading up, uh, saying that, oh, he's going to beat him at WrestleMania. Now, last night they were forced to uh, put their differences aside heading into their match at WrestleMania to team up against Shelton Benjamin and uh, Chad Gable. And there were some times where they were uh, made to look strong. But this match was really just to uh, continue to build uh, some sort of tension between Nakamura and Styles with with the the fact that that they kept trying to one-up each other. Nakamura, at one point when he made the tag to Styles, patted him on the head as the tag, and that led to some jawing, led to them getting up in each other's face, allowing for Benjamin and Gable to gain uh, the advantage. But uh, well, Styles and Nakamura were able to, no, put things aside long enough to get the victory uh, when uh, Styles uh, was able to uh, uh, finally tag in after Nakamura was seemingly uh, alone in the ring for, you know, what, five, ten minutes there. And uh, Styles ultimately able to end the match with a phenomenal forearm on uh, Chad Gable uh, he looked like he was just going to walk away after winning the match, but uh, Benjamin and Gable attacked Nakamura from, from behind, and Styles turned around saw it on the rampway and you know, took his time uh, t- in making the save because Nakamura had done the same to him uh, a couple of weeks ago when he was getting attacked by uh, Rusev and by uh, Aiden English. And as well, last week when uh, Gable and Benjamin had done the same thing to AJ Styles before uh, Nakamura had uh, faked trying to hit Styles with the Kinshasa. This time, Styles, uh, I like what he did, uh, turned uh, the fortunes against Nakamura. He made he made the save for him, but then uh, T's trying to hit the phenomenal forearm on him only to jump off the ropes just to land in the ring with uh, Nakamura down on one knee and he uh, patted his uh, uh, opponent for Sunday uh, on the head showing how close he came to hitting his finisher on Nakamura I'll tell you, this match is not going to be put on last because I think we can all see the writing on the wall that Brock versus Roman is going to go on last but this is this is going to be the match of the night. Now I talk about some other matches that could potentially steal the show, like the U.S. title match, the Intercontinental title match, the Cruiserweight title match. But now that's going to be on the pre-show. I think that loses a little bit of its luster. That this match, you know, has the chance to go up there with some of those great matches in the history of WrestleMania. Now, you look back at WrestleMania three, and you say, all right, the moment of the night was Hulk slamming Andre. But the match of the night, everybody will uh, tell you, was Savage versus Steamboat for the Intercontinental Championship. That that was the match that stole the show. And you've, you've had situations like that over the years when it comes to WrestleMania where the main event's good, but something else stole the show that night something else 
was the better match. And that this has all the opportunity if you know they just stay out of the way, let these two guys go out there for 30, 35 minutes, they could have an absolute classic at WrestleMania. They've done it at the Tokyo Dome in Japan. And now, what, three years later, they finally get their rematch, the rematch that AJ Styles has been waiting for, this time on the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania, for the WWE Championship. And I think it's been even made even better match. The fact there's been no physical contact between these two guys. They've been teasing you along the way that each one of them is going to hit their finisher with the back and forth by Nakamura saying, oh, I'm going to beat you, or Styles getting infuriated with him uh, saying that, oh, you're not ready for me at WrestleMania. This isn't the Tokyo Dome a- anymore. Th- this This match... All the ingredients are there. The anticipation is off the charts. And no, I can't wait for this all to go down this Sunday in New Orleans. I can't wait for this weekend in total. You think about it. Friday night is the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony with names like Goldberg and the Dudley Boys uh, getting in. I did that stutter right there on purpose because if you remember... uh, Bubba Ray's days back in ECW, he was always uh, doing the stuttering thing before Devon uh, smacked him in the back of the head. Then on Saturday night, you've got NXT TakeOver New Orleans, which is going to be headlined by uh, Andrade Cien Almas defending the NXT Championship uh, against Aleister Black, as well as a six-man ladder match to determine the first ever WWE NXT uh, North American Champion, which ha- has uh, some of the the biggest names in NXT in it, as well as a couple of guys that are making their NXT debuts in Ricochet and EC3. The following night, WrestleMania uh, in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome with so many matches to look forward to. Maybe we'll even do a podcast on Sunday afternoon previewing WrestleMania and giving predictions for the entire show. Monday, The following night, Monday Night Raw, back in the Smoothie King Arena in New Orleans and SmackDown Live there as well. You never know what to expect on those shows the night after WrestleMania. So this, this entire weekend is going to be lit. I can't wait for it all to begin. It's going to be a phenomenal weekend for professional wrestling, for the WWE, and I'm going to enjoy it. I hope all of you too enjoy it as well. For April 4th, 2018, I'm M3, and this is my opinion. Everybody, have a great day, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Peace.